0: in the words of modest mouse and we'll all float on and this is the fat man chronicles Welcome to episode 168 of Batman Chronicles, I'm Pete, flying solo one more time because we need to talk to my good friend Rob to recap the Rim to River 100 race. How are you, buddy? Healing. Healing.
1: That's about, that's about all the more i got.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, so we can um, kind of just jump right into things, I think maybe we can kind of walk through what it was like to get to that race, um, a little bit on, I know that you had a car ride I wasn't a part of, so I'm not sure how much strategy was, um, uh, you know, discussed in that you were running the race with your friend, Ryan. Yep. And then just kind of, you know, we can kind of talk all the way through it. And I'm sure that Outcome will be known before the end because that's probably you know such a huge part of the story. But uh, why don't we just kind of launch in with kind of what led up to the race and and what <coughs> you were thinking?
1: Well, we talked a lot on what strategy was going to be, pacing this and that. And I said we had uh, some spreadsheets uh, and that we uh, we plotted things in based on course and elevation and what we had been running and. How we felt and all that, and, and if I've already said part of this, then I apologize. But context and backstory, and that's <clears throat> so. I kept saying there's a lot of runnable sections of this course, and I kept saying like, okay, well, I can run this pace. within in all of our training, a lot of our training obviously had been shorter, obviously shorter training. Nothing ever substantially as long as this second, third part there. And I'm not really telling turns out of t- uh, school anyone to go look. At data out there i between running between extra runs between pushing the kids in the stroller i did probably twice as much training as ryan um and you know i i obviously i knew or admitted or felt like we were definitely a little i'm going to say under trained and i say under trained in the aspect of if i did i kept saying 75 80 percent of the training the trainings that were missed were the back-to-back long runs on the weekends um, you know, I was hoping eventually to be able to do some of those, maybe during the week, week night, weekend, whatever, just because, you know, wife and kids home on the weekend, I'm not going to go for five hours, one day, three hours. Day. It's too much family time. To miss. Um, so Ryan had like none of those. I had pretty much none of those you know, with new baby and all that didn't happen. So I, I still felt pretty confident because looking at the elevation profile and you and I have talked a lot offline uh, since this, too, about say like comparing it to what I see in real life knowing like going and doing a run comparing elevation profiles I knew that there's a lot of flats or runnable walkable and of all the videos I walked it looked like the trails were in most of them were it ended up being what I anticipated really uh, looked very tame considered to some of the training uh, runs that we had gone on out there um so all that said, um, you know no, no, nothing's perfect. And we always could train a whole, whole lot. So the day obviously started when when Ryan picked me up. We loaded the car. We're heading down. We picked up Karen, and then we headed down and met up with you, who you were already down there. you want to talk your you know, your tales on interjecting in chronological order? We can, but yeah, you say like did, did the planning start? I mean, there's been months of planning, months and months and months. So we're driving down, and the only thing like we kept, I kind of kept saying to Ryan, one of the things that we kept saying is hey, we need to make sure we go slow. We need to make sure we go slower. We don't want to go out too fast. And parts of that that we were leaning into or looking on is, you know, hey, the one thing you can't, there's many things you can't control. The one big thing you can't control is the weather. So for the two or three shows leading up to it here, you and I talked about, oh, cold, cold. What are we going to do? What am I going to wear? I hate being cold. What are we going to do? Well, spoiler, it wasn't cold at all. Not even a little bit. So we were anticipating Lows overnight somewhere below freezing, twenty, you know, eight, I think is what they had the last couple of two years there. With highs somewhere, I'm going to say in the, I don't know, 50s is generally what you've seen down there. The low temperature down there at night I think was 66, and the high temperature uh, was over 80 degrees. So it was absolutely not what we were anticipating. So that was the first part of what we had kind of discussed on the trip down, is to say gear changes like well we have the stuff we're still going to have it in the bags. but what you know going with lighter clothing what are we going to wear what are we going to change um in the end or when to change some gear and like i said i had all my bags packed i, I shared a photo with you and i think i may have put it on commented on the last episode with it showing where i had my three drop bags With my drop bags, I had one with a blue piece of tape, one with a yellow piece of tape. So that way, on the way out, I grabbed all blues, and on the way back, I grabbed all yellows was the plan. I had enough clothing that I could, you know, if it, we didn't know if it was gonna be raining, am I gonna have to change? What am I gonna do? And the only big change was I took the clothes that I had in bag three, bag three number one. So on the third aid station on the way out, and I pulled it out and gave it to you and Karen. That was discussed, and we figured that. So that way, instead of basically doing a full clothing change at mile forty-two, was going to do a full clothing change at the halfway point fifty, and then continue back. So not much else really changed as far as strategy. Um, We thought we had it. Can we go ahead?
0: Yeah, let me let me jump in on a couple things here. I wasn't part of the discussion to change that drop bag um, situation with the change of clothes, right? And that actually is going to come back to make things stressful on you. me yep. because there was just no, I, I mean, I, in all honesty, like if I would have been a part of that discussion, I'd have been like, wait a minute, what happens if you guys get separated, which I'm not sure we had enough talk about that. No. Um, and it, it just made it. So I had to be almost in two places at once.
1: You're uh, at you one
0: point. It. What's that? You're magical. I believe you. Could, I believe you can yeah. do it. Uh So it just put pressure on crew and pacers that just didn't need to happen, considering there were so many places for drop bags. Yeah. Um, and I think we could have done better there. And then um, back to the car ride, real quick. Gear was a discussion. Did you guys talk about? With the heat coming, because even if we didn't know it was going to get eighty, we knew it was going to be in the mid mid to upper seventies because the forecasts were saying that for days right. leading in. Did you think about or discuss a difference in your hydration and electrolyte and overall nutrition strategy at that point, or were you even thinking about that?
1: There, I had considered mine beforehand. I can't say Ryan really thought. we we didn't discuss it, and I can't say he'd made any changes. And that's because early on, you know, weeks before, a week, a week, two weeks before, you know, in conversations, I was starting to potentially overcomplicate things, which then went with the simple route. And part of that worked out well and part of it didn't need to be, I should say. So originally, basically, I had started planning on, I was going to, knowing that we start, we kind of run around this rim. Then we run downhill, we go out what looked to be flat to a aid station, back then a flat section, then drop bag one. My original plan was going to be take, not wear my poles, not have my hydration bladder, like basically try to lighten the pack as much as possible. Then I was gonna pick up the bladder and the, pick up the bladder and the hiking sticks at that first drop bag, and basically hike them to the the second drop bag, or not, that's not the first one, so pick them up at the second drop bag, hike them to the third drop bag, drop them, because that's at the base of a hill, which is mile Forty Two? Hike out to you, and then you know pick you up at the half, refill everything, come back through, and then you know pick the sticks and pick the hydration bladder back up because then it's the longest stretch back up the hill. So for me, really, the only thing that changed is I carried my sticks the whole time where I, I could have picked them up at that um, that that second drop bag as I intended, which in in it doesn't make a difference. But I did carry the bladder with me, empty. which just didn't put water in it, and which worked out well because then, you know, three, six, eight miles in, and I, I'll get to the race here in a section. I ended up at the first aid station. I not the first aid station. Second aid station. I did end up filling it about halfway just to carry some extra water because at that point I was, I was walking. Um, well, I guess I can get into why there. So. Uh, but yeah. So my, yeah my, I guess what my, I was
0: asking about was yeah. more weather-related changes mm-hmm. yeah. to the strategy because you are going to sweat way more in that situation where it's warmer. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know if like you guys had talked like, oh man, we're going to have to really keep an eye on how much we drink or how much we take in.
1: No, uh, we really didn't talk about that, and I guess part of that is there's only so much most that I could carry on. Two body bottles and a a bladder and it was just going to be part of the game time decision like i knew we were starting in the dark cooler so i was only going to start with two body bottles because they only had to last me the first aid station i was going to drink refill and then it was a not saying a short short of top to the next aid station um and like i said had my bladder with me so at any point if i knew i was going to be slowing or needing i could fill that bladder you know with and have extra hydration with me and the goal was always that whatever I thought I was going to need to have a drink by the next aid station. And I always feel like I'm felt like I'm proactive with my um, good on my hydration or proactive with my electrolytes because in the, like I keep saying that the body bottles where you have it, I have one as well, the ultimate direction Vest they have these like soft silicone bottles up on like the chest area. Um, I don't know how big they are, 16, 20 ounces. So those were basically, when I started, one was water, one was Gatorade. At the first aid station, they both turned into sports drink, which I think that on the course they were using Gnarly. So we were filling those. And like I said, if I needed water, you know when I, what water I was taking was planning to have in black try to get everything I had drank by the next aid station. And I was always out, I feel like out ahead of it with at least one salt pill every hour and a couple of times when I realized I was sweating, I carry extra ones and I just kind of know to take more. So, and I, and it's worked well for me in the past on my bike rides, my hikes, my training runs, my marathons. So I, I thought I had a pretty valve in as far as me. So I did, we didn't discuss it. And I mean, Ryan has his strategy of Gatorade and Rice Krispie treats and, and he's never taken any, anything else and really never cared to try anymore because of his hiking experience. He, he feels that was out in for him. So that's our strategies. And they weren't really discussed or changed. and Maybe they go to bed.
0: Okay, Keep going. Sorry.
1: Sorry. You're looking very content. I, I have no, nothing else to add to that. You?
0: you had another. No, it just or, seems or like keep going. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about like, how little that is like looking back for me like that's that's just not much right yeah. like you should be taking in way more fluids than that as it got warmer right like if it was me yeah. Yeah. i would have probably said oh crap i'm gonna put some something in even if it's halfway in the hydration vest and taken in more knowing mm-hmm. what was coming and even in the morning like when you were saying it's cool for a race, of, for any race, it was warm, right? 65 degrees yes. is still warm when you're starting a a race, especially one that's 100 miles. So, right. I mean, I'm not second guessing you. I'm looking at it more like, hey, would you adjust? And I'm not sure you would, it sounds like, but I definitely would.
1: Flew um, it, it, it in, flew it out. I sweated a whole lot, but I was able to take a pee every so often you know, so I, 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 wasn't, I was, I was, it's just one of those game time decisions. How am I feeling? What do I need? And so like the thing is thirsty. I get to the aid station down, chug two or three, like like little, a bottle of water, you know, or a cup to have my little, you had every own little rubber. So you, you do your own cup of one sort and I had a little silicone one. So I take a couple in refill and, you know, I would, I don't, Maybe I wasn't, hindsight 2020, we can discuss this here now yeah, or later, yeah, yeah. but you know, hindsight, maybe I was, I got dehydrated, but then I, I got back out of, of it, like I started there, but it's that's. I'm very in tune, it wasn't too prideful to change my plan on the day, I knew I needed at least this much, I was taking in more than that, and at any point, like three, four times through the day, I was able to go to the bathroom, it wasn't like I, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't dehydrated to the point where I wasn't sweating and going to the bathroom.
0: yeah no i get it i hear you yeah all right all right so you're you're at the start of so kind of walk us through i guess then race day and and how the race went okay uh and
1: i'll go some details never never before discussed with Pete and then but then you know what i what was happening and something around with our back to our car ride and other discussions ryan and i and Karen had asked a half a dozen times so you guys are planning to run together yes and what is the plan if you can't run together yeah she asked what is the you know what's the goal what's your, is your time When uh, I just finish and and you know it was you know some conversations and questions like okay well if you don't finish what is next are you going to try this again are you gonna, you know like she's really probing deep on a lot of those things and you know the answers were were then on the way down and such okay well we're going to stick together um, if, you know, in our training runs, it's been, if like going up a hill, Ryan always hikes faster. So if Ryan wants to go, I'm, you know, we're not tethered lockstep go. And then you want to wait, I'll catch up to you, you know, type of deal at, at the only point where we were really going to just completely sever was, okay, I'm on this pace. You're on this pace. I'm not feeling good. You're feeling great, whatever. And we're not going to hold each other back. So, you know, it was, we're going to do this, but if it doesn't work, just go ahead and sever and go. Um, and the answers to the hey, if we don't finish, are you gonna come back? Ryan's answer was like, uh, yeah, because he's basically like, if I don't do this. I, I, now he's got to go on his list. It's been for years. And my answer was, it depends on how I feel, how far I get, etc. And I'm, you know, not saying I, it's gonna be off my would be off my list forever, but this is my shot for now. But seeing what's happening with my family and my kids and the amount of time I've spent with and I want to. If I don't finish this. It's not off the list forever, but it's not on the list for at least the next you know, maybe three or five years until my kids roll. So
0: hmm. we
1: get we it's get. It's interesting that you
0: guys are discussing that pre race.
1: Karen was asking, so you, got, you guys got to make you know foreshadowing. So, anyways, we uh, as we you you met up with us. There's a bunch of us meeting with you, but at the start line, and you met him. The same there was that one gentleman, um, and it was he had completed 108. Of the, uh, he's the next guy in the, port, in the line to use the bathroom before we hit the start line. He's completed 108 mile uh, 100 milers. This was going to be his 109th. Um, so we're talking with him. And then so they're going up. We go to the start line. We go up the first hill, which is like, and I you know, said, we're going to walk to start, which we sort of did. But we really, you only ran across the parking lot, which is what, like 100, 200 yards. And then you started going up a hill. So... And everybody kind of just jogged lightly. It wasn't really a fast sprint across the parking lot. So we just kind of stayed right there, hit the hill and started walking. Like Everybody, there was, the the guys, there several people rabbited off the front, the ones that ended up going to win it and all that. And they did. People just really did start to self sort, like right into like your, your pace groups where roughly where you thought you were going to be. And I, that's, I want to say good, bad, ironic right around me was that guy that had completed a bunch of them. Also, and I should say it this way, Ryan started to kind of go off the front a little, go off a little bit. And I wasn't really trying to keep up with Ryan because I, I said, I'm going to keep, this is my race, keep my pace as we're going. Um, and I figured him and I don't need to be ahead of the guy that really knows what the heck he's doing, you know, kind of gauge off that guy a little bit. So there was a couple, a little bit of a hills and then we had caught back up. I'm talking all within the first mile, mile and a half. And then, so in that first mile and a half, uh, Ryan's then talking to uh, a a girl that's out there. He's just making chatter with her. And it's, and it's I say funny, small world, but I mean there's only 200 people out there. So he's talking to her. And then I heard, heard her say her name was Emily. Emily is the girl that I, had, in the Facebook group, she had actually put her pacing chart out there and I had messaged her and she emailed me her Excel sheet. So this was that Emily. So then I, you know, we chatted, I uh, chatted with her for a few minutes. At that point, Ryan took the that opportunity, because it was some roller hills, he just, he was out of sight. I couldn't even see. So I just kind of let him go. That's what it was going to be. Then you get, like said so this is the first mile, mile and a half. Mile two, we're coming down a little bit of a bank, which in the dark, using your headlight, down a bank across uh, some concrete. And it, my headlight and vision, everything looked like it was going to be a perfectly flat, like a transition to a flat concrete, and it's like crossing a road. Uh, first off, it wasn't flat. As far as like zero elevation it actually kind of kiltered back up so it was like coming down a ravine and coming back up the other side and the second part of not being flat is it had a real rough surface and was it was rolling and like not polished whatsoever so my foot i assume it was my left foot i can't really tell hit i was anticipating just keep moving forward and my body kept moving forward my leg didn't move at all so i kind of just like like when you see somebody go over the handlebars on a bicycle I went sailing straight over, and so that was my first, I think, only fall of the day. But at that, I mean, I'm two miles in, and I busted, you know, both hands, like, quarter-size, ripped off chunks of skin. Uh, a smaller one on my on my right, so my right hand has two, because there's one up on where the fingers meet. And my elbow, which you can see, still has some, you know, bloody marks on it. So I was stunned pretty good there at mile two. Uh, I started running, and so we're up on ace property, which is more like rollers around this ridge line. And I started at that point trying to get, when I say out ahead, out ahead. I knew my plan. I'm, I'm about a half hour in. So I grabbed my bar and I started to just slowly eat a bar and it, or like around mile three to four. And, you know, an hour, half hour, then I should say hour in, I started to eat a bar and I just didn't feel right. Like my stomach was starting, already starting to get queasy at mile, um, at mile three. So cut two and jump around miles three to seventeen um Ryan and I yo-yo catch back, catch him at the aid station he was there from two minutes ahead of me and then we wa- we met you and Karen and then we we got our stuff we we walked out at the aid station I used to yeah to hold on there
0: yeah so yeah. that's seven and a half miles in because you just said yes. from miles to three three to seventeen yeah. but it wasn't an, there was aid stations an aid station in between there at seven and a yeah. half. Yes. And that's where we saw you and yes. and Ryan.
1: Yes. yes. So we saw you guys at my at seven and a half. And uh, like I said, we we Ryan was there. He had already ate. I uh, so we got my bag. I grabbed my extra bars, but as I say, my extra bars. I was only trying to carry enough. You can bars like per hour to get me to the next one, and I had two to start. And you know, it should have only been an hour and a half to so carry two, which is more. I'd only ate a half of bar. I grabbed my bag, had my salt pills. It had my, my bars in it. We headed out, um, went up the hill. I used the portage on, and we headed out. Ryan and I ran together again for maybe a half a mile, maybe a mile and a half, half a mile, a mile and a half. That's a long stretch. But there was a long um, dirt gravel road that we ran sort of down, then caught a trail and ran back up almost parallel to it, like on this ridge. If you look at that part of the course, it switches back and forth a few times. So we ran ran down the, 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 the hill down the road, started going back up the trail. We were together and then it really hit a steep incline. And I said, he started going off ahead of me again. We're only eight and a half, nine miles in at this point. And at that point, it's one of those, I pulled my sticks out. I just started, I just started, you know, power hiking and and walking up that little incline. I'm like, well, this is what it's going to be. I did put my sticks back away at the top of that climb which was only a couple hundred yards long. And I didn't touch them again until mile, I don't know, 12 or 14, somewhere in there. That's where I was saying I really could have just picked later. The weight didn't make a big difference. I was queasy, still feeling queasy, not being able to eat much. So I knew Ryan was out ahead of me. I was just letting him do his thing. I was queasy when I was running, but not so much. I felt like I was walking just fine. I was keeping a decent walking pace that was within the Within the the barriers that we had set, like the the high end, I knew I'd still be okay. I knew the race was long enough that I could get out ahead of it. And and at this point, I know I'm it's, I'm saying I'm only eight miles in. I'm only nine miles in. so I'm only that far in. But at that point, I mean, my shirt was everything was just just saturated with sweat. And that's where we were saying about did I could I've made a better plan or was I dehydrated? Was I was I not? I don't know if I really was or was not um, at that point. But that's where I was drinking more fluids i was you know i take, took my salt pills and, and you know i was trying to get some food in and then we hit this uh, there's a long out and back section on the way um, to the second aid station no crew no drop bags no access the thermid aid station so as we're going out there there's two sections one it was funny in the dark we're up on a ridge line this is well before we saw you Ryan was far enough out ahead, and we happened to be doing this little out and back on a. And he, he yelled off in the distance. He had guessed he yelled the second twice just to see where I was at. And the second time he yelled, we were maybe within 50 yards of each other, but he was like a quarter mile ahead of me, up the course and back down the other side. So this was a, a very similar. On the way out to Thurmond, it's almost like an old, it was an old railroad track. Um, and in some parts, there were still the top rails there. And so you go out this this abandoned railroad, you cross the the river or the stream on a bridge, and you come back, a paved road on the other side, cross actual active railroad trestle to go into the town of Thurman. So we had seen each other like on that out and back section across the river. And then so I know roughly how far he's ahead of me. At that point, I was still run walking, although it, it was more like, three quarters walking to a little bit of running, just running very brief downhills, walking essentially the flats, just trying to get my stomach back in line. At which saw Ryan went, you know, oh, and he's coming out of the Thermond aid station. I'm going into it. Um, I, I drank a lot of fluids, maybe two bottles while I was there, refilled my bottles, uh, filled my bladder halfway, like Wednesday for the first time, and ate, I ate a quesadilla at the first aid station. I ate a quesadilla to this aid station. Plus, I grabbed like an Oreo and like three or four gummy bears to see if anything would sit. Like you, you put I put the Oreo in my mouth. I'm like, nope, spit it out. Put a gummy bear in. I'm like, well, I could at least eat that, but it wasn't didn't taste appetizing. Um. So, anyways, I, I walked out of the but Thurman per- aid station. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, let me let me s- see if we can catch up on a couple yeah. other things that are going on at this time. One, yeah. you didn't mention to Karen and I when we saw you at seven and a half that you were queasy. Which I I think was probably you just trying to stay mentally positive, right? Like, this will pass. Um, After Karen and I saw you, we went and had an awesome breakfast and really didn't think about you two. um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, we obviously discussed what was going on, but we discussed other plans and um, some strategies. But the breakfast place was called the Cathedral Cafe. And if you ever find yourself in Fayetteville, West Virginia... Highly, highly recommend breakfast there. It was yeah. incredible. Went there three days um, for breakfast. Um, so that was really good. And then, um, you know, the what I, I just want to describe for people who aren't into ultras or this kind of racing when you say a quesadilla, people are probably thinking like an entire quesadilla. It's not, oh. it's little triangles of quesadilla yeah. so you if can you take, take a quesadilla
1: and they cut two it pieces. into four sections yeah i had one quarter at the, at the first aid station and i had one quarter at the second and carried two quarters with me and at that like i ate i did, did i think i ate one and a half of the quarter you know what i mean on the way out
0: so yeah and and they're the small tortillas so i mean the quarters yeah. are are, are, it's a, if you think of bigger. a normal size quesadilla, it'd be like an eighth. So yeah, they're small. Like bigger
1: than a soft taco, but not much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They Sorry. were, they're, they're, yeah. So I just didn't want people thinking like you're eating entire quesadillas, <laughs> like dripping well, cheese your as you're walking out of the aid station. So yeah. um, just, just a quick bit of clarity there. So we're up to 17 miles. Ish. And I should say it that way. Walking
1: out of Thurmond, I did call. Once I was across the bridge because the bridge is a really cool bridge, railroad and car, but the car is big, open grate, but the holes on the grate are clearly large enough that if you drop something, it's going straight into the river below. So I didn't, I didn't take anything out of my bag while I was on pavement on the other side. And then I, I did call you and I actually said, like, I admitted at that point, I've been feeling crappy. I think I'm turning a bit of a corner, but in my box is some ginger chew, not ginger chews. You had. Actual good ginger juice, thank you. Um, I had like candied ginger. It was the only thing I could find at Tr- Trader Joe's. And so I, I had that. I said, I'm gonna need that. You offered to get me some Tums, which was uh, which was great. But so said only um, at that point. I got I have to go look at my chart or see what the aid, what the age station was. I could plot it out. But I, I knew at that point I was still well within time constraints, meaning like. Uh, if I, I can, the pace I was walking was appropriate where I wasn't going to have an issue. So the Thurmond aid station was 17 miles in. The next aid station was Kennard at 27. So if I'm looking over here, like I have, sorry, I have my computer enough so you guys can see that. My pacing, and if you look and I, I'll just read a couple of them, like early on, I don't feel like I was too far ahead of pacing. Miles one, two, three, four. 13, 14, 12, 12, 13. So I was run walking with an appropriate, what I thought was pace. Um, aid station one, I was, you know, the mile including sitting there was a 20, 23 minutes for the mile plus the time at the aid station. And then we, so we go back out 11, 13, 14. So I'm, run, I'm feeling queasy, but I'm still doing okay. But heading into that Thurman, you can see where I really started walking. I went from 13, my, my paces went 14, 20, 13. And then the thermon aid station, I was, you know, the mile plus the sitting there, I was at 24. And that's about where I called you said, I admitted, I was feeling sick and said, Hey, I'm going to slow down. I need to get back out ahead of this. I think I can, cause I'm feeling good when I'm walking. I'm basically just going to walk until I feel good. So miles, uh, looks like there's three miles there. It was all, it, when I say all it took that, again, it, it was 45 minutes, just straight walking i felt fine i had a 16 minute pace a 15 minute pace and a 17 minute pace and that puts me to mile 21 um i'm feeling good my stomach feels good and i'm back and we're 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 the we're off of that out and back and now i'm heading towards canard and so i go back into like a good what i felt i physically felt great i was uh, past the queasiness and um on that like it's an abandoned another abandoned railroad essentially and ran it it runs all the way up into canard which on the canard end of it which you guys saw eventually turned from like abandoned to a sort of a rail trail to an actual rail trail for maybe like the last quarter half mile or something like that i'm looking at you you can't see me it's right off screen uh, so then my pacing again miles 21 through 27 11, 13, 12, 14, like right back in the realm that I thought was um, pretty good and acceptable. And that's where I then see you guys now for the the second time. What I was figuring the first time, I didn't know you guys were going to make it to the first aid station. So this was kind of the first plan sort of planned. I knew I was going to see you guys. You had some stuff to help settle my stomach, which, which had sort of worked itself out at that point. Ryan, you would be able to tell me now he's, I haven't seen him in an hour and a half. He, I know he's out ahead of me. How far ahead of me he is, I have no idea, and not really a cause for I'll let you jump in because you you could say what I looked like when I started coming in, and what you and Karen were <laughs> thinking or talking about.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to remember exactly. This is the aid station that's like by the. Is this the aid station by the river? no they
1: all were kind of by rivers bottom of the bottom of the big hill bottom of the first big hill yeah because you guys made it a point of telling me about walking out of it walk out walk up the hill
0: oh yeah 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 um and so heather was there right yes yeah so heather and the kids uh and um are there so we're we're chatting with them and you know, we weren't exactly sure. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, there's, um, there's Ryan, you know, coming in. And I think he wasn't really prepared for like how much we were going to help him. Like, I think he yeah. was like prepared to do everything himself, but you know, Karen and I are like, no, 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 sit down and we'll, we'll get this. So we had kind of like a, you know, like a full aid station set up at the car on yeah. top of the aid station. That's right there. and, he had a small like blister or something going on with a toe, so he kind of helped him get that um, settled. And you know how much I love feet, so oh, it
1: it is your favorite thing in the world next to birds.
0: Yeah, so I turned um, and uh, let other people take care of that. But anyway, you know, he said he was feeling really good and and all that. And then uh, you know, a little while later, uh, you come in, and I mean, I. Feel like you looked okay, um, you know, at that point for, I mean, having just done a marathon basically. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's where the hundred mile becomes a strange animal. You've done a marathon and you're like, well, I'm only at mile 27, right? Yeah. It's like that, it, it's just such a it's really difficult for those of us outside of it to overcome. Yeah. That thought process, right I get the yeah. goals a hundred, but you just did a marathon which yeah. not a lot of people do so no. now it's like a niche within a niche within a niche you're at at that point right. uh so anyway you can you came in and and overall we're pretty good I mean the kids wanted to show you stuff and it was really cute you know the way the the kids are like buzzing right like they yeah. want daddy. It's, and, sorry, I, I have
1: to interject. your two things. Um, the temperature is hot at this point. It's in that. It's in the seventies, maybe, maybe creeping up there. And I, I mean, you know, you stink, right? You know, don't do oh, yeah. smell good. But my little, and I'm sorry, you had even said, yeah, I was mouth breathing around you. But then, like a marathon, in, I'm at this point, I'm switching to so give it to you a perspective. Um, where, like you said, a marathon, in I'm six hours in at this point, seven hours in. So right around the pacing overall that we were saying or forecasting and my, excuse me, my watch got off by like a mile at some point, a half a mile. But at this point it was a mile off and it never got more than that at this point. So that's what I'm trying to look here. But anyways, um, yeah, my little, my daughter, you know, three-year-old runs up. My, my son gives me a high five. My daughter gives me a, Uh, Goes to give me a hug and she leans back and she's like, daddy, why are you so stinky? (laughs) That's just one of those (laughs) cutest little like thing. Kids say the darndest thing. And I'm like, that's, sorry, hon. I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: Because I just ran a marathon. Just wait until mile, you know, 50 (laughs) when I've run two marathons. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I mean, overall, you seemed okay. But at that point, um, so it was interesting because Karen said... And she'll correct us if, if I'm misspeaking here. But Karen Forgive said me. at that point... I'm going to
1: mute my mic and just pick my daughter up. And then hopefully she's not too loud. So I'm listening to you. Continue. I'll be back in yeah. 10 seconds. Uh,
0: she said that at that aid station, when she saw Ryan, that her confidence that Ryan could finish went up. And I was not in that same camp. Not that I didn't think... Either one of you would or wouldn't finish. Right. My it was more like my confidence didn't change at all seeing Ryan at that aid station. Whereas it did for Karen for for some reason. When I saw you, um, just kind of seeing where you were at. I mean, not to be a jerk, but like I'm like, oh, I'm not even sure I'm gonna get to go tonight. Like I didn't know what if you were gonna be able to get past fifty.
1: Yeah.
0: Just with how you looked, you didn't you looked exhausted in a way that everybody's going to look you know, tired during a right. marathon, but because I know you, like, I didn't know, I don't know Ryan. Right. So I don't, right. I can't look at Ryan and make a judgment. Yeah. When I looked at you, I'm like, that's not a, that's not a look that I'm expecting Rob to recover from. Yeah. And I thought at that point, because of the queasiness and the heat that you probably were behind on nutrition and hydration where you couldn't probably couldn't make it up enough to finish. I didn't know how far you'd make yeah. it. I just, did, yeah. you know, that was just like a gut reaction yeah, more than any proof. And, it, and it's not like I was putting out bad mojo because I was also thinking to myself, okay, with them starting to get separated, this is where I started to go, what are we going to do? Yeah. And I started thinking about, how could we split up pacing duties and have it not impact anybody negatively? Right. And um, I had been on some of those trails the day before, so I knew a little bit of what the trails looked like. And I I had gained a little bit of confidence in my ability. Right. So I'm just like starting to think of, hey, what could we, or maybe could or could not do at that point. But I hadn't formulated any plans yeah and also it was at this point that Ryan would mentioned it before, you know, like really mentioned like, hey, I'll see you at forty two, which Karen yeah. and I originally had not planned on no being there. and
1: that's and that's why my, again, I had close at forty two, and the idea was I, and this was the ABC, how to say it? potentially change clothes at 42 depending on all this before we knew how anything was going to go, maybe change clothes at 42 if I was going slow or push through to 50 sort of change clothes. If it was colder or whatever to get back to 58, which would have been the same clothing that I could put on and then do clean, dry clothes to head out from there. And that's why I had changed my gear bag. My gear and my drop bag was because you guys weren't going to be at 42 It was going to be we'll see you at 50 which is why we pulled the clothes out took them and sent them to 50 so that way it's just instead of me potentially changing clothes at 42 ryan if if we're together we're looking at plan again instead of me changing at 42 him changing at 50 and then and or me changing at 58 you know instead of having two slow i keep on calling transitions aid stations you know instead of having two slow aid stations or or potentially three slow aid stations in a row it was the idea like, okay, let's try to consolidate this a little bit. So yeah. So, yeah. The, the, so the, the plan the plan until you saw him at mile twenty-seven was see him at fifty, not at forty two.
0: Yeah. So the uh, well no, he had mentioned wanting to see us at 42 before the race even started. Mm-hmm. Um but he was more specific about it during that during that. And so just so everybody has an idea, 42 and 58, it's like an out and back So it's the same aid station. Um, And Karen and I had our plan on how all that would work out at that point. And you were, I want to say 45 minutes at this point behind Ryan. So the separation was growing and it was, I'm like, okay, that gap's growing. Now we got to really start to think about this. And also the time Like that, you guys had kind of planned on being in aid stations. Was growing at least the ones we were at. That you you were like double. Oh, i triple, but yes, maybe. I I was going to say, and then eventually triple. Like it was long stops at the aid stations. um, That Mm -hmm. at least the ones we were at. I I can't speak to the other ones, obviously. Um, And I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if that was good, bad, or in between. It was just a, it was a big difference.
1: Yeah. From, and with, from
0: what the plan was.
1: It was only two minutes on that, yes. One is the aid stations you didn't see us at were still double. As in, we were allotting... Now, keep in mind, Emily, the girl who had completed it that I got her chart from. Because I updated her charts. <clears throat> she was allotting three minutes at some of these aid stations. And I don't think that's even physically possible. And I only say that because even if there's only six people, seven people at the aid station at the same time you are... Everybody's trying to, you know, it takes, it takes you 45 seconds to fill your, to fill a bottle. It takes you a minute and a half, two minutes to fill a water bladder. And if you're, you're behind one person, you're already going to be over your time limit, you know? So I don't even know how she could physically have gotten through those that quick. So aid stations. Well, I a can minimum, explain that to you. Have, have the aid the group, the person do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you have doubles of things and triple triplicates of things. And you're just doing like a pit stop, like a tire change in a NASCAR race, right? Oh yeah, no. You're-
1: if I had seen you guys, yes. But I'm saying at the aid station that you weren't there. And so, using just two na- aid station names, the Thurmond aid station, they had the water coolers facing us, to where we were filling our own bottles because they yeah. were cooking. They were cooking food. So everybody's in line. You're telling them what food you want while you're filling your bottles. But I'm second in line. Some guy's filling two liter bladder in front of me. I got to wait and then I have to fill mine. I have four minutes just waiting for him to fill his and me to fill mine. But then some, when we got to the long point aid station up on top of the hill, they were, they had two or three times as many staff. So they all, they had all the, all the fluids behind. They, you handed them your stuff. You could not fill your own stuff. Each aid station was different and that was, That could have been a quicker one because, again, I hand you a bottle A, bottle B, bottle C, tell you what I want. They have somebody, you know, manning each individual fluid and people cooking, and it was much, I don't want to say more efficient. So, yeah, but there's a couple of them that you're going to get bottlenecked at, and that's why I'm saying it was twice as long at when I didn't see you. And it was three times as long when I did see you, and that's where Karen even kind of like kicked me out, and that's why I could say you t- said I was looking tired. I ended up just sitting on that blue bin at the back of the car for a minute, and I was lo- and I'm like, okay, I have this, I have this, I have this. I'm just going through my mental checklist, and Karen's like, you have everything. Just get out of here. You're just wasting time now, <laughs> which which was good. <laughs> I, I was only like ten seconds away from being done. Anyways, I'm like, okay, and then I got up and left. So,
0: yeah, I think on the on the ones where you don't have crew. I think some people maybe are only filling one, one bottle because they've carried more with them. um, Potentially, Um, you know, like where they've maybe got a two liter or a three liter back, you know, bladder that they've got filled anticipating that, like that, that they did that at the crew aid station. And then they'll go through one or two aid stations that way. I mean, there's, it's definitely possible because I've watched it happen um, where people are you know they're in and out really really quickly um but yeah i mean it, also it's your first time so it's you can't know what is going to happen yeah yes. that first time nope so anyway no. yeah yep all right so we're leaving um mile 27 at this point we're leaving mile 27 and uh we're packing yeah we're packing everything up and we're just kind of talking with heather about like where they're going and stuff and you know, overall, mood was good. It was warm, that's for sure. Um yeah. and yep. the breeze, I will say it was odd to have a breeze in Octu- uh, I'm sorry, November that was like a warm summer breeze almost. It was yes. It was just definitely a different situation. The one part that was nice, I hear I hear what you're saying that like oh, everything was by a river, but th- that's true and not true. There was a, some stuff that was directly Where you're directly on the the river for the aid stations or going into one where you're uh, getting that wind kind of crosses the colder water and changes temp. So when you were closer, really close to the water, it was a cooler breeze. Um, It was cool breeze versus warm breeze. Uh, (laughs) But it it was definitely a surprising weather weekend. Fantastic if you were vacationing. Um, but not <laughs> great if you're trying to run 100 miles. Yeah. Correct. All right. Yeah. So you leave there. Yep. Then what happens? What happens on the trail next? Um. I
1: ran one. I did not have my sticks out and, quote, ran only maybe, I'm going to say a quarter mile. Once I was on the top, out almost out to that. When I say not, there's no, there's two long points again. You go and I'll, and I'll go through, but you go up this long trail, then you turn right, go out to the overlook to get your get look at the bridge, get a photo, pick up a keychain. That's long point overlook, and then you run back down the trail and you go to long point aid station. You give them the keychain so you can get into the aid station. Now, I say all that because there's three or four parts, okay, I only ran a very, I knew, I had been walking, I'd walked in the morning to walk off the queasiness, and at this point, it was, it was in the 80s, it was full sunlight, because there's no, uh, we're, we're on the side of the hill that the sun's facing, there's no leaves on the trees, and it, you come out of that aid station, you immediately, I could guess, I could see the elevation, uh, yeah, it's this one right here, so, you come out of that aid station and immediately have like, these are my next miles. Uh, The next two mile segments is a 480 foot elevation gain and 163. Then it's, you know, still 66, 70, 73, 80, uh, 78. So it's just up, 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 up. You just keep going up on these, on these ones, but it's immediately come out of that aid station, hit straight up the hill. So my mile pace drops to a 24 19 17 18 19 and that's where again i'm at this point hiking but not like a, when i say not out of necessity I, I felt good felt great i actually felt i was just walking i was i had a good nice walking pace in the woods uh where you know, the, the field's really strung out and i'm going minutes without seeing people you know coming up on them or or them coming up on me I'm, just take, I'm out for just a nice hike, enjoying the views at this point. And I figured I was going to walk essentially to the top of the hill, mountain, gorge, whatever you want to call it. And then see if I was going to be able to run coming back down the other side. A second part of that is this is the longest stretch, I think, between aid stations as well. Because the, the canard, yeah, to this one, you have 11 miles between the two aid stations. From canard to long point and then from long point down in it's not as long you only air big air quotes there have five miles downhill into the back down into the bottom of the gorge so over this 11 miles you're going uphill and then you can back down over five like i said i'm just walking um i i think i'm doing pretty well keeping track of my my pace um, there was just a couple. of, I don't know if you had hiked the trail or not. Gnarly sections. I'm, I'm talking billy goat sections. And I'm not exaggerating when I say like rock climbing. I literally passed three different groups of people and two other groups were hiking in with like the little shoes, the ropes, and all that stuff. This is rock climbing territory where they're at. You know, like this is that this is that this is that section of the gorge where what they're known. For. So we're on like you're touching a, a, a sheer rock wall on your left-hand side and, and some at some points are real nice trails and some points are sheer walk, rock wall 100 foot high on your left and don't look to your right because you're not going to like what you see sex of it so um going up one of the biggest descents at that point before the final i'm gonna say the out back to the overlook i did uh came up on a guide he was he was sitting there he was really 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 defeated looking and uh you, know, you give it the hey are you okay and um Long and short is he was, he was super dehydrated. He was out. He had, he had only had two body bottles, like size with him, maybe like 40 ounces of water most. And he was out and hurting me. I said, you need anything. He's like, I, I got everything I need except water. And at this point it's just like, be a good human. Like I just take the the straw from my camel back and, you know, and hand it to him. He's like, Are you serious? I'm like, drink as much as you want. So he took a couple real big swigs. He walked a few yards. I let him drink some more. We walked a few more yards. We may have only walked, Thirty-five yards up this hill because it was it was real steep, and he said, "Hey, I, I really I appreciate that. I got to sit down." So at this point, I pulled my the the bladder out of my pack. I, I knew that I was probably two miles from the aid station, um, and and I had a little bit of fluid left. So I thought I'd be okay, um, but he would not be okay. So anyways, I pulled my bladder out, gave him the water out of my pack to fill up filled up one and a half of his bottles, um, and then you know, we we went off. We set our, our pieces and. It was still a substantial hike at that point. I didn't realize it to get up to the rest of the top out to that overlook. But when I was coming back from the overlook, I so said it's out the little out and back section. I saw him and it was like a, a, like a wilted flower. He was coming and he even said, I'm back from the dead. And he was, he was super happy. And you know, spoiler, I saw him. Then he ended up passing me at mile. Let's say 48 on the out and back when I was coming out to see you. And, um, he was, he was running again at that point. So his, it, 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 he was sitting there ready to quit the race. And that's why I had told him like, that I was doing the math myself at that point. I'm like, Hey buddy, you're far enough ahead of time pace. This, you could sit here for an hour and a half rejuvenate and you're still going to have another hour before, before you even got to worry about. Cuts. So, um, and or fast forward, he did end up finishing the race, so he ended up doing good. So it felt really good to to help somebody in need when I was out there. But anyways, so big climb, big climb, big climb, and even bigger climb. I get out to the edge of the overlook, and um, it's it's sketchy out there. Like when I say sketchy, it's like standing on the roof of a school bus. The long, narrow rocks. You were there, I, I think. I happen to be there when a nice little the only bit of rain for that part of the day came through like that's like a five-minute rainstorm so now everything's slick so when i went to get get a photo i gave somebody my phone and i took a step and i put both feet of mine went into a hole a puddle on this rock that was literally just bigger than my feet how it happened i don't know and i kind of gave like a like a wiggle wobble and ended up but i did i didn't fall which is great because had i fallen i was close enough to the edge that i would have went over that edge there there would have been no recovery from that so that was there was a collective gasp on the on the ledge i got my photo and i got the heck out of there because i didn't feel comfortable up there anymore. so hiked it walked uh, at that point all uh, um back to uh, got to the long point aid station and um refilled everything slugged down like i said three three or four bottles at this point because i needed water put some water in my bladder put some water and uh, put some you know gnarly in my my body bottles I had, uh, I had a cup of broth, I had quesadilla, um, they were doing pancake tacos, which I did not partake in one, but people were raving, which I guess it's a, a pancake that they fold over, I think they had mashed potatoes and bacon in it, I don't know, it probably was really good and calorically dense, um, didn't seem appealing to me at that point, so I thought maybe I'd try it on the way back up, um, when I got there later, I did not partake in it at that point, so left the long point aid station which was mile 38 the next one stay at station at the bottom of the hill the bottom of the river which is mile 43 so you know i'm now leaving aid station like i said 38 um like and using the the final because i was walking 18 19 minutes a mile when i hit those steep climbs the, the my climbing paces ended up being 28 22 21 you know to 27 get into these because it's just, it was, I don't know how, if the winners, the guys that win this thing end up running that section, God bless them. I have no idea how a human can go up. It, it's just straight up and down at that section. Um. Anyways, out of 38, I do, basically I walk the majority down into Fayette Station with one little running respite. It's just, again, a very continuous uh grade downhill but everything again i think we've said this last week or this week everything's covered in leaves there weren't there was not a leaf on a tree That there the everything was covered so everything looks real pretty you just don't know it's under and at this point again i'm okay on time uh it wasn't worth running down a trail that i don't know even if they look like like oh this is a could be a very nice running uh place to run I just didn't run because I was like, hey, I'm within times. I'm I'm still, I felt okay. I think I felt okay. And there's no point in risking falling at this point. You know, at this point, it's just get to the bottom of this hill, see everybody at the aid station, and then see how the next out um, back section goes. And that's when I get back to Fayette. when I got to Fayette Station for the first time. And at this point, you weren't there, if I remember correctly. Heather was there which was a change.
0: Yeah. Well, this is, this is, I have 42. This is where it got hard, right? So the, I came up with, Hey, let me, let's, let's go to 50. So that, because we had been with Ryan at 42. Yep. So I said, let's go to 50 and Karen, you start pacing. Ryan, at that point, because now you're really separated. I mean, this is, you know, an hour, hour, and, hour and a
1: half. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, I'll get you there. And then I'll come back to 42, which is also 58, and leave the car. And I had come up with a way that we could both have a key to the car, just in case, even though I only yep. had one key with me. And, um, and then I'll get Heather... To drive me back to fifty to meet you to do the run, right? Now the issue there was timing, right? The other issue is that the uh, the roads are small and crowded with people at the aid station, like choke points, right? So. It just right. took way longer to drive there,
1: and, and I didn't drive this, so you can tell me if I'm wrong. But almost, let's say, way back in the day before the original bridge existed, this would have been a two-lane two-way road. So, and it would have been very tight at that point. But at this point, you have enough space for a car and a human, from what I could see. But they made it like a one-way loop. Where I don't know, I don't know how you went the other way, but I do know, after I left the aid station, was heading out there was only cars coming towards me because it was a one way down across this little bridge and into the, so you, you had to kind of figure that out too, I guess.
0: Yeah, that, that was easy. That part was simple. The part that was difficult was at the, um the, the part that was difficult was at the Fayette aid station. That was just tough. It just wasn't, yeah. a, it, it was just, it was tough. Yeah. It was very, very narrow there was so many cars. There were several people that had multiple cars for their crew, which I think if I have one bit of feedback for the race director, it's one support vehicle per person at yeah. most, right? Right. Like, and at this the, point you, you have should a lot get of
1: crossover a, because you have me going out and you have some people who are coming back, you know, so I could see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it was by far the, the busiest. Yes.
0: Yes. It was chaos. And there's not a good way to park and get in and out. And it had rained a lot. So things were sloppy. Um, like there was a little bit more downpour there, I think, or in a couple of sections like around there than compared to other areas uh, that we had right. driven through.
1: I don't know what you guys got before. Oops. Hi. I don't know what you guys got before I got there, but as I was there, It started raining as I came down into it and it rained the whole time that I was there and it rained for like 15 minutes after I left that. So if there was 40 minutes of rain, it was, I was right there in the middle.
0: Yes. So anyway, it was just difficult. And so the plan just fell apart. And so at that point I felt bad, but we were going to have to make a choice on who we were, who we would pace. And I, and Karen would be able to get back to 58 to pick up Ryan At that point, so she just wouldn't, like, I was trying to be nice in terms of, like, splitting up the pacing duties and having her go with Ryan starting at, you know, 50 and then somehow coming back and then me picking you up at 50 and then hopefully you both meeting up at 58 for Karen to keep going. That was the, that was the plan, right? So hopefully, you know, that, that was it. Just didn't work out. So we end up staying at 50. I'm trying to text back and forth with Heather, but the other problem here is it's really suspect cell service. So at that point, there's not much that we can do uh other than make the best of it, do the best we can, and that's what we ended up doing. So at that point, Karen and I decide, okay, we're staying at 50. And and frankly, it's I'm I don't want to say panicking, right? But I'm like, gosh, it's just not going to work out. How do I make this work out? How can I make this work out? And like, I couldn't come up with the idea to have it work out. And because of that, I was like really um, not upset, but like I was disappointed that I I couldn't make it work so that Karen could go with Ryan at 50. And I was frustrated because had I understood how this all would have worked out, we would have done this all differently like and yeah. and really what it came down to was one thing and it was that clo the change of clothes because we had those yeah and Ryan needed it we had to scramble around if yes. we would have just left those in drop bags it would have been no problem and yeah. and, and, and that's we, where like so my it's original like that intent really cost was,
1: us my intent was each drop bag had two changes of clothes one for the way out and one for the way back in theory, for me, I still could have changed using my second set of clothes from that drop bag. But for me, what changed, didn't change, ramble, but not is, I took my clothes out that I was gonna, I knew I was gonna wear through the night and sent those to fifty. I still could have changed my clothes, but I was literally sitting there in a the rain in then downpour. But the other, the important part was at fifty, you guys had my shoe change as well. now yeah. I knew, and I wouldn't have changed them there anyways because why i'm it's in the middle of a rain they're going to be dry for five minutes and then they're going to be wet again you know so i that wouldn't have changed for me but all along ryan was adamant and determined that you guys had clothes shoes everything at fifty was when he was going to do it yeah so yeah
0: and that's just a mistake i mean and as it turned out because we had two people to crew two people to pace two runners one car and the runners got separated by hours, but it wasn't long enough for us to easily make it back and forth. And it wasn't short enough to convince one of them to wait. Right. So it was like this perfect storm of all these factors came together. And, you know, I learned a ton on how I would do this differently had, you know, I known all the factors and we, and, and one thing is you can't have separate you can't have separate discussions with runners and crew. Like everybody has to be involved in every discussion once the plan is finalized. Right. So like there was a change there that I wasn't aware of until literally like that day, like I didn't understand it until that day. I'm like, what has this been? Why is it so? like, what could possibly be in here? What, what, what are we doing? like, I didn't get it until it was like happening. And like, by that point, it's too late. I'm not going to start, you know, trying to tell people like, no, do something different. So, I, and I'm not saying that's what cost anybody their race or it it just made it stressful where there was already, there's already enough stressors going on, right? You don't need more. Um, Right. Now,
1: in fairness on one, two, three, four parts here, and I guess where the biggest change was for me. That bin was always going to be in your vehicle and or um, every with the exception of that I then did put my change of clothes in there. Everything I had in that bin was basically nine one one. Something went wrong. Let's I might as well go ahead and have this. That was not the my plan. Until I took my clothes out of that one drop bag, my plan was if for something happened. You guys were in a car wreck and then I didn't see you guys again. I had everything I needed in the drop bags except my shoes and my good headlamp with you because I knew I, I knew I guess and that's the thing is I could have left those in the drop bag too, but I knew you were gonna be pacing me coming back in fifty. So I was gonna change my shoes and get my good headlamp at fifty. And, and even at that, I had a headlamp. I had a headlamp that I picked up out of my drop bag because it got dark on the way out to see you. I could have continued with that. I just wouldn't have had the, the shoes would have been it, you know, been yeah. the only thing.
0: So the bottom line is if you don't get separated, none of this, none of this matters. Right. So, I mean, the part of the, one thing I learned is I'll never listen to another set of runners that tells me they're going to run together. It just isn't going to happen. Not I'm when they're I both racing.
1: Yeah. What's that? I'm glad I could teach you something.
0: Yeah. Not if they're race. Not not if they're both doing their own race. If two of them are signed up, but one of them is basically there to be a glorified pacer, like what you did for me at um, the marathon, that's a different yeah. story, right? right? But if it's right. two people doing their own race, you're not staying together. Let's stop with the nonsense. And I I should have known that, but I I just wasn't in tune enough to to be like, no, we're gonna pretend like you get separated. What's the plan? Right. And that's that's basically what I should have done um, looking back on it. Right. Because at this point. Right. Ryan took a long time at 50. And I mean, I will
1: jump in a long time. I, you're right. There was zero cell phone except up on mega ridgelines. And so there was some texting we tried to do and there was some corresponding whenever I would get signal I would call you call Heather send text just to see who's where to get a, somebody maybe had signal fortunately I was able to catch up with you guys and so coming into 42 the first time I talked to somebody you guys were like well I haven't seen, we haven't seen Ryan yet and his tracker says he's in the in the river like it those trackers were not super accurate I guess from what you guys were seeing so anyways at the first time I checked in I you guys didn't hadn't seen Ryan but I was walking slow enough I had like a half hour and then finally you had said hey Ryan did just get here this is 42 so I knew he was okay and he was heading out so that was the last I knew when he got there I knew how long it took me to get there so on that out and back eight out to 50 eight back I kept in my I just kept looking for Ryan during daylight then it got dark and I kept looking to see where's Ryan where's Ryan just to get a sense of how far ahead of me he was and at that point I mean, he, he had to, I'm saying he was an hour and a half ahead of me going into Fayette, but going in, which is mile 42 going into Anstead, which is 50. He, he was only a mile out of the aid station. So he's two miles ahead of me, arguably 40 minutes if I'm going, you know, at 20 minute pace. So there was a, I mean, a, an hour and almost an hour lost for him between the two aid stations. And you know, I don't yeah, know I how think that the, breakdown went. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Two, two. Th- he slowed down also significantly, but more importantly, I mean, he spent a, a lot of time at our aid station um, at fifty. So, I'm I'm not sure if it was like what all the factors were that that made it that way, um, but definitely it was a long it was a long interval. So at yeah. that point. Um, and it was more than forty minutes by the from when Ryan left to when we saw you. So I'm not sure like how that broke down either. But it was it was it was just short of an hour, about fifth. Well, maybe in the fifth, like early fifties. So maybe 50, 52 minutes between when we sent Ryan on his way and when we saw you, because I spent a bunch of time like time that we saw Holly from um, Tonjunk Miles. She was doing the race. So we saw her and her sister, Heather, and uh, uh, Heather's husband. I think his name is Mike. And we chatted with them because Holly, at that point, had had enough. And her and hers was not physical. It was all mental. Like, we, we all gave her reasons to keep going. And she's like, no, I'm done. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's a legitimate reason to stop a yeah. race like this is you're done. And the way that Holly described it, right, was we're not – one of the things that I said to Karen and to you, like you guys are used to trails like this. You're like, Oh, nothing surprised me on the trail. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like this was gnarly treacherous trail for those of us who live on basically glorified farmland or some of us that live on actual farmland, like Holly, you know, growing up and, and, and now, so those trails, like when you're on slippery rock, and it's single track, and it's just a sheer drop off on the other side of hundreds of feet in the dark. It, it's not for everybody, right? Like, no, nope. that, that could definitely be it. And then she was really kind of freaked out with that bouldering. I, I shouldn't put words in Holly's mouth. She definitely was very concerned about that part that had, um, like near Long Point, where it's those just rocks, right? It's you're basically. Yeah. Scrambling over rocks during the day, and, it's beautiful. At night, not not as much. No, you're not going into the overlook at night. You're you're kind of winding no. nearby. And,
1: and two or three parts to that, and that is on the way out. You kind of come up, let's say, around the side of the hill, around those big rocks, and then out on the top and back. And at night, they they keep you up on the top of all of that, which are and, and having seen the videos and and where it meets back up. Down, it, it meets back up at a at a pretty safe place you're you i had granted i hadn't seen that that trail, uh, at, you know and I hadn't seen it and it would have been at night we it's, it's a different coming back than it is going out and i'm assuming for that safety um just for that reason it, that would have yeah that I, people would have died like, coming back to
0: yeah the, i mean and, they, and... they
1: wouldn't have sent us yet yeah.
0: Yeah, and all you know though, if you've never been on that trail and you're not used to this kind of stuff, is that's what I saw in the daylight. I don't want to tackle that with a headlamp, right? Yes. Um right. which is totally understandable. So she had kind of decided to stop, but because of that, we gotta you know, got to talk to her for quite a quite a while and you know, kind of get her take, her feedback. And you know, and she said this was one of the tougher trails she's ever been on, maybe the toughest. So it's definitely. Although maybe old hat for you guys somehow. Um, yeah. It's not for most, most mortals, uh, especially those of us from the Midwest. So anyway, we're at 50. Ryan goes out. We're waiting on you. We're, we we talked to Holly. We got everything prepped. He- Heather comes down also at that point. Uh, To that aid station. And, I don't really get ready to go. I had decided I'm not going to get ready to go until I see you because I just don't know how long it's going to be. And like, why wear the pack and all that. Um, Just kind of wandering around. But I started to get like when we saw Ryan, like I'm like, oh man, like I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to do something because although we may have helped a little bit with you guys at aid stations, it, it felt fairly useless at that point. Um, yeah,
1: I, okay, I get that.
0: And it's late, right? Ready to go. Yeah, but, but first off,
1: <laughs> you weren't useless. I'm not agreeing that you are useless. I get why you would feel that way. You came there to run, not just to hand me a specific case. I get that. Yeah, but no, we appreciated you guys doing all that stuff, first off, and yeah. then going to run across.
0: Right. All right, so you, when you're coming in now, I mean, th- this is when... You're, well, I'll let you tell the story. So when you're hiking in after you see Ryan, you can take it from there.
1: Yeah, so we'll back up off of that a bit then. So I left 42 and I was back to, I was eating as I was walking and, and you leave 42 and, and there's essentially two, I'm going to call it mountains, but being that we had into 42, we just came down like a 1,200 foot descent, therefore coming out of fifty-eight you're going to be going up like 1,200 feet across two miles. So across this eight-mile section, there are two little mountain peaks. But in comparison, they're only 400 foot apiece, elevation gain. So the first one is nearly you're going up, up that single-track paved road. When it's a single-track, it's not really, yeah, the paved road, but it's narrow and steep. Two switchbacks that we hit on that road yeah. going up, and then you turn off on a, on a dirt kind of road, and then there's a real nice flat roller grass trail. So I had walked that hill up, because at this point, my calf is starting to get tight. My left calf is just starting to get tight. And um, again, felt fine walking, not running. Like, so I just was gonna keep walking. I walked uphill, and then I ran a couple of those little grassy rollers. And then we got into the, the single track area, where it's, the, it's, again, it's the rocks and it's it's slippery. And again, it had been raining now for, I had 40 minutes of rain. So the roads are wet, the rocks are wet, the grass is wet. My feet are wet. And now at this point, people are coming back the other way and maybe being nice, maybe I shouldn't have been as nice, but they're coming back. I had, so I had already, at this point now, stopped and put my headlamp on because it was, it was dark. So headlamps are coming. A, I'm kind of watching for Ryan because I'm trying to see if he's like, eight miles, 10 miles ahead of me at this point, not knowing what exactly is going on. And then, um, so then we're we're, we're heading out. And and so where I keep looking for Ryan. I keep stepping off the trail into the wet grass. My feet are getting wetter and wetter and wetter the whole time that I'm going. My knee is getting tighter and tighter and tighter, but it it wasn't pain from my knee, my, my calf, but right where my calf meets my knee, like my upper calf is the best way to say it. It's getting tighter. So that's why I'm just walking the way out because walking felt fine um it's just you know, i wasn't going to be able to get a, a good running pace so i, I basically walk up and down those two hills saw ryan saw then eventually like i got in the aid station you and karen heather were there so we went down and i had said i was changing all my clothes which i did i had like uh, dude wipes which were like baby wipes i wiped everything off and i went went to change my shoes and when i pulled my shoes off and like i said i had I've never like ever had blisters ever. And I, and I had what, like six blisters, like four, two on one foot, four on the other. None if you saw them all because I had a really big one on my right heel. One of on my toes on my right foot, my left foot had one, like where my big toe meets my big toe met my foot. And then a couple on my toes, like my toes are kind of like triangle shaped. Like they go underneath each other. I don't know if there any, that's just me or everybody, but they, you know, so, where my toes were overlapping my feet were like pruny. they were so wet because i mean i had been walking for an hour and a half two hours in in wet shoes at this point because a it rained and then b i was walking through wet grass and across and i'm not going to call them stream crossings but you saw them where, where the water was coming off the rocks and crossing the trail like, there was a couple of wet spots so there, i had wet feet for two hours and that that definitely that caused me some blisters and i had um it's just one of those, everything's really got a good assessment where I was at at the halfway point. Found out my pack was chasing me that I hadn't realized. I, uh, you know, my hands, they hurt, but they were fine. Whatever. I was dealing with that blisters on the feet. My calf was tight. It just, everything was starting to add up at that point.
0: Yeah. And so the, it was, I, when I saw you, you know, I, I'm like, Karen was helping or, and Heather helping you. And I'm just getting ready at that point. like, I basically hearing like what you were telling us, I was trying to make it so that like, let's just go and see. Cause like, I wasn't sure like if you were like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to stop or not, but I didn't want to portray any kind of thought that I was like, good with you stopping at that point. Like I just got ready to go because As you found out with the guy who you saw at the side of the trail, you know, at mile whatever, 32 or whatever it was. The fact is you can rally because the race is really, really long. So, I mean, you're at 50, you're still only halfway there. You've basically done two marathons and you still have two more to go and you just don't know. Can you rally right And blisters? I mean, are they a reason to stop? Sure. I mean, they can be, but the fact is you could, you could kind of overcome blisters right right um it's blisters become much worse when there's all these other things going on with you so i'm like if i'm ready to just go we're gonna go and i'm gonna just try to you know be as positive as i can which is really outside my nature so i'm like oh come on now Pete. (laughs) so i'm like you know let's let's do this and you kind of you take longer at that aid station than I thought you would. And it was at that point where I knew how badly you were hurting and we can debate how much, because we have no way of, of pinpointing it, but I believe you, you just had to be dragging some, not just because of the distance. Cause you got to remember at this point we're you know, 50% further than you've ever gone um, in a, in a race environment over 50% more. Right. I mean, you went, so I'm like, well, I mean, can I say that if eating more would have helped, I don't know, but you seem drained, like really drained at that point, drained and hurting and blisters and wet and miserable and 50 miles in like, it all adds up. But I was glad that you were like, Nope, I'm going to go until basically they tell me I can't go any further.
1: Right. my mental state where I say where I'm at and I'm looking at my times and I'll just hit two or three of them and whatever the cutoff to be out of that out of that aid station is 16 hours and at this point I I said I'm gonna keep going I, I'm walking I feel fine walking my knee is tight it doesn't hurt but uh, it's tight and I can walk I really can't run I Think I told you that and I said and so you're right at this, it, that because I didn't segregate out my aid stations, like my times. So my mile 49 split, which again, I'm a mile off at this point. So that's 50, that's into the aid station. That mile took me 50 minutes, 50 minutes because, I'm sorry, uh, 40, I'm sorry, 41 minutes. I didn't see that right. Um, But I was into that aid station at hour 15. So, and that mile was again, 21 minutes. So the next mile, mile 50, was going to be, it actually blinked, I think, as you and I were leaving the aid station. And that was a 25 minute mile at 15.32, so, uh, uh, 15 hours 32 minutes. So I still had a good hour to uh, 45 minutes to an hour on the cutoffs at that point um, going into that back half. And I, I, I was looking at it and I said to you, if I, as long as I can keep walking and keep the pace that I need to like three, three miles per hour or so, 20 minute miles, I'll be okay. You know, I should be okay to do this. And for the first three miles, four miles, you and I, we had that, like, you know, we had a, a a 20 minute mile, a 24 minute, a 22 minute. And that's when we were getting into some of the, we had gotten off that rail, that first what half mile miles, that rail trail. And then we were into that, that roller section. And I think that's where, that's where the wheels really came off for me or, or or finality set in. Like my knee, there was two or three times that I know that I just was using my poles. I just stopped. And like Keep in mind, I'd been using my poles now from canard aid Station. So from mile 27 on, there was only about a mile total that my poles weren't down. I don't run with them. But at this point, they weren't even collapsed. I maybe put them in my hand, run 100 yards, pull them back out. But I basically been hiking from mile 27. To fifty four at this point, and uh, you know all that said is that you you were very positive and cheerful, and you and I were talking about the water and the in the and the rocks, and, and I guess eventually uh, uh, the pain was becoming too much in my knee. It was it had turned into pain where I couldn't I say I keep saying knees where the calf meets the knee. The calf and the leg was just swollen and tight, and I couldn't like straighten my knee out. There was it was up was down up was hard down was harder there, there was no there really wasn't much of keeping a pace at this point and i think that's where you started getting on the phone kind of tell karen because at this point they would she'd left the aid station would have been with ryan you were basically like you said to me you felt great rob if you turn this around i feel better i'll just keep going with you should we send karen with ryan so that way she you know if he's good to go and i, and I said yeah you know, send karen with Ryan if that's if that's possible just so that way he's not sitting there or he doesn't go out without a pacer. And so if I don't continue Karen at least to get some run. that was what, yeah. about mile 53, 54.
0: Yeah. After right that in ground? that area, right in that area. And Karen didn't have her phone on her, which that, I mean, that's everybody's different, right? Like I, I never have, I'm like, when I'm without it, I, I feel like not safe, yeah. but right. Right. Um, she didn't have it on her. And so it took her a little while to see those messages for me, not a ton of time, but a little while, but, but even before that. So by the time I texted her to go, Ryan had made the decision to stop on okay. his own. So he, you, you, he had independently made that decision. Right. But yeah. what I was, and, and I was, I couldn't believe how good I felt and how much fun I was having, which I felt I did feel guilty about it. But at the same time, you shouldn't have. You 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 let me do it, so kind of on your your shoulders, buddy. Um <laughs> but I was just having a great time. I've never been on a trail like that at barely during the day, much less at night. I yeah. mean you know with the headlamp, you know, you and I always as b- you know, evidenced by the nearly hour and a half we've been doing this. We can always find something to talk about. Yeah, we're going. And then you told me that, and that was after a pretty tough climb and how I knew that you were in trouble. And like, we probably weren't going on, even though I was going to still try to have you go was you got silent and Rob, in silence doesn't happen. Too often. Nope. So I'm like, no. uh oh, we're, we're probably not going past 58 at this point. Yeah. But I'm going to keep trying until it basically says, no, I'm done. So yeah. that the way that I looked at it as a pacer, you know, I'm just trying to keep your mind off things, trying to keep going, coming up with stupid stuff to, to chat about. And then I wanted to, I had to hear like you just basically say, no, I'm done. Right. Like, and that took a little more time than that halfway point. You started to indicate it there, but what you were basically saying at that moment was let Karen go. And if I can keep going, if you'll go with me, fine. Right. Yes. Um, yes. But it was the, the window was closing and you got to remember too, the, these I mean those climbs like although short they were very steep uh, this was not easy stuff m- much li- if you're at zero miles like I was but you know w- if you're at over 50 at that point those were not easy climbs and what I will say there, there are some switchbacks in the east coast that I saw here or I guess we're not on a coast but you know, towards the Eastern United States. But a lot of this stuff was just straight up. Like there's not a lot of switchbacks uh, overall compared to when, because I've done more of this stuff to the West, when to the West, there's a lot more switchbacks. So we were just basically going straight uphill at that point. Yeah. So, so we're at like 54, give or take, and we've got plenty of time to make it to the aid station, but this is where you really slowed down.
1: And keep in mind, I'll read the my times, and they're a mile off. So when you're saying 54, so you join me, and it's 50 at mile, you know, uh, starting with my pacing here at mile 50, 25, 20, 24, 21, 24, 24. And that, 20, that last 24, that says mile 55, which is really mile 56, okay? The next one, it goes 24, 20, 28. that that's where we had we had come across i think that last the 21 24 there was where we came out off of those steep ones onto that long grass road grass flat section the end of the gravel road that led to the pavement and that's when i say i guess what's really really telling is that 24 27 22 are my final three splits final so there we go guys well that's what happened um that was a mile and a half or so downhill downhill on pavement and i i couldn't go faster than almost a 30 minute mile at that point and yeah you
0: were you were done at that point you were wanting to stop which i you know i'm not going to tell you not to like i i don't know where you're at i knew we were stopping so what's the difference there there, it just doesn't matter yeah um But the last time you stopped, you were like, yeah, this stopping makes it worse. Yeah. And which I, I just needed you I knew that would happen eventually, you know, after you stopped a couple of times and that's exactly where it got. And we're like, okay, you know, what's horrible with the switchback is like, you can look across the river and see the aid station, but you still got quite a ways to go, you know, and that, that last stop was maybe about a half mile out. I want to say Yeah. and you know we decided just to kind of power through and get there and that's what we did
1: yeah and i did double check later because we came into the aid station at 20 we had 20 minutes i mean we i had i, I was still before cut off but yeah. there was there there was no going on at that point i could not walk and the next Two to two and a half miles was straight up the the biggest elevation gain in, in the entire course, and I I couldn't I couldn't walk downhill at that point. I was not walking out of that aid station. I was not walking yeah. up that hill out of that aid station.
0: So yeah, yeah. I mean, you were the last the last uh, participant into that aid station. They were waiting.
1: There they was one guy really, behind me. Really...
0: Remember the guy that we passed nope. had that... no, he dropped. Oh, he turned okay. around and dropped. Um, Got it. They they told us you were the last person they were waiting for. Um and you know they were so nice and positive and uh, um you know they done they did a good job and you know we kind of found Karen and Ryan or they found or Karen found us we found Ryan all trying to sleep I think on a on a chair and then you know packed it up and and went back to your cabin basically
1: you know that was it we were done (laughs) that was the end of my day
0: yeah other than the um. The fact that I had to figure out before I drove home uh, the next day. So this, because we're kind of, we're past midnight. So we're in Sunday at that point, right? Yep. So we'd have all day Sunday. Um, You and Heather and the kids were going to leave. Ryan was staying. Karen and I were staying. Uh, We ended up meeting up with Ryan for dinner, which was fantastic. Getting to talk not only about the race, but about a lot of other stuff. And that was way more interesting. Um, uh, and I was like, I can't drive home though. That long stretch on Monday, uh, with the, uh, Seinfeld, uh, BBO episode happening in my car, the, (laughs) the, the body odor left by the, the runners was sticking to the, to the leather. So I, I stayed up uh, a little while when I got back. uh just you know because i was all hyped up right like i was ready to do more um and uh i'm like what am i gonna do what am i gonna do and then i finally thought well febreze will work so yeah. the next day i got up we went and got a can of febreze and sure enough you know we aired out the car too but the febreze helped uh, but it was that good
1: next day you had called text i don't know what it was but after i got some sleep and woke up we were trying to meet up to have breakfast and I was gonna, I was trying, I was calling you to ask you, like, where you wanted to go or what you wanted to do. And I could hear, I heard, the, like, the car dinging. I'm like, oh, you're in the car already. And you said, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're driving to breakfast then? You said, no, I'm just airing it out. And I said, oh, <laughs> did we leave it stinky? And you just went, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just, oh, yeah. Like, oh, man, I'm sorry. i <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it it would be – look, if you come out of um, 58 miles smelling like roses, like I I would have been questioning the effort, right? So yeah, it wasn't fully unexpected, but I I had planned to use my dry seats. So I have dry seats, which are Mm -hmm. these just – I don't know. You just put them over the seats, right? And it keeps them dry and odor-free. Yeah. Well, I had planned on using those, but those got left out when we had to start going different places (laughs) without knowing – yeah. And they got left out in the in a rainstorm, so they got soaked, the, right? The dry so we couldn't use them. Not dry, yeah. They were not dry. Uh, everything was really soaking wet. And um, I'm like, oh, that stinks. But no pun intended. The So, yeah, it was just like I couldn't – like like you have plans, right? But, you know, man plans, God laughs. That's – this is why, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, you know, as Mike right. Tyson says. So yes. in the end, I mean, it was, it worked out, you know, I got out on those trails and I, I mean, I felt phenomenal not to, like, I felt like I could have gone 30 miles that night. i never thought in that, a million years I, I was, would feel that good.
1: I was super excited by that because it was just, it was great to see your positivity as we were going. And, and you did take my mind off of things with how fresh you felt.
0: Yeah, so that was it. I mean, that was basically our weekend. We did get up the next day, and um, Karen and I did have breakfast again at that at that spot. But then, because um, we were pretty damn hungry, uh, and then we did meet you at Biscuit World, which um, that was so delicious. Uh, Karen and I did also eat at Biscuit World while we were there—a uh, little local chain franchise or regional chain franchise. Um, yeah. So that was delicious. And we got to see you before you hit the road. And then Karen and I went and hiked. I showed her long point, um, you know, that beautiful view. And then we drove around to grand view, which I had not seen the day before I had seen a lot of other spots because I had driven all the aid stations and my preparing, I wanted to know where I was going and such. Um, So we got some good hiking in um, and, you know, just kind of met Ryan for dinner That was kind of how we wrapped it up as you drove home. I know you stopped at your dad's. um... Yeah. My
1: original plan was to, um, the original plan was to ride home on uh, a Monday with Ryan, drive Karen. But my wife had a a court thing. So we, uh, my dad had a court thing and uh, my wife had a court thing. So I ended up driving home with uh, my wife because I needed to make sure I had the kids because she couldn't have that.
0: So, Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out. And then I actually ended up driving Karen back on on Monday and then swinging back towards uh, home, which for me, I'm really glad I got to do it. And yeah, uh, because I got to see parts of West Virginia that I've never seen before and going through kind of like Morgantown and such. It was really I mean, West Virginia is a stunningly beautiful state overall. I mean, it really is a, uh, it's not flat. At least none of the parts that I saw, um, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, they've cut through, you know, in some valleys, right. With trains and such. And of course those are going to be flat, but those are kind of straight lines, right, Matt. But the terrain itself is, is rolling to, to mountainous and the Appalachians there. So, I mean, it was really cool and I've been reading a lot of books on, uh, Daniel Boone this year.
1: Um,
0: and, uh, Actually, I haven't put a couple of them in Goodreads, I just realized. But anyway, uh, I've been reading stuff on that. And, you know, he travels in this kind of Virginia, West Virginia, you know, area uh, on his way to Kentucky and such. And it's really cool. But the best part of that story was I was telling Karen about this and she goes, you know, not being American. She's like, wait, Daniel Boone was a real person? I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he was. (laughs) She's like, I thought he was just like made up by Disney or something. i like, no, yeah. he was real. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. But you know, getting to spend all that time with Karen, with you, getting to know Ryan, um, time with you know, even just you know, getting to talk to Holly, Heather, and the and the kids. Uh, it was it was great. So, I mean, I appreciate being a part of it. And I mean, I, I think we've said it, right? You're done at 58, Ryan was done at 58. That's 90 ish percent longer than you've ever gone in a race before. Um,
1: well, in a race, yeah. My race, my longest was a 50K.
0: Yeah. So well, that's miles. all I'm counting.
1: And training run was 30, the well, longest was 36.
0: So Yeah. I mean, and, and there's another, you know, 22 miles on that. So, you know, whatever yeah. that is, 70% longer, 60% longer. So yep. it was a long time. Um, it was a long time. Which was great yeah I mean you, yeah. you did a great job um should be extremely proud so thank you uh yeah <laughs> let's wrap it up with you've you've been recovering well
1: yes and I say that because so when I say it was the absolutely the right call when you and I came into that aid station because I thought they were still looking for one more but either way being last, that's fine if I'm last.
0: My no, total, you're not last because people drop before you. Ah, uh,
1: if I'm the la- if I was the last person for that age stage, coming back out of the house, it is what it is. I'm fine with that. I'm good with it. As of one. But yeah, my total time was eighteen hours and seventeen minutes. So like I guess I was just ahead. That's when I stopped my watch. I was ahead. I still had twenty minutes on the clock where if I could have gone on, but I I couldn't. I knew I couldn't, and I should So like I. I used profane language but not because i was being mad or mean because i was just trying to be funny but i if you remember i handed the tracker to those people and i'm like because i walked in and they were they were checking me off the list I gave my number they're checking me off and they're super positive and i hand them the tracker and say i don't need that for another bleeping step that i was yeah. very clear that you guys can shut down and leave this is it they don't and i'm giving to that nissan over there and we're heading out of here and so the next day my knee was tight and my whole leg it's it felt fine my sick keep saying me knee, because it's the back of my knee and the top of my calf was where it's still and it still is sounds like a tendon paid i don't it could be uh so but i didn't sunday riding back in the car it felt it felt fine sitting still until i would then get move it or get out to step on it it's almost like waking a leg up that was asleep or if you've ever been so cold it goes numb and then it's coming back from being numb, the pins and needles. Um, and, and I guess that then looking back, it was swollen, but I, I couldn't see it because it looked, not looking down. So then eventually Monday, I do have one of the digital tape measures and I, I put a tape measure on it. And this was after some of the swollen, the, the le- swelling had come down on Monday. I, I measured it late in the day and after a day of elevation, Basically two days off, it, a whole day of ele- elevating it, and it was still an inch and a half bigger than my right calf was.
0: How much and, is it um, normally bigger?
1: They're within like point one of an inch. Like with one measures at six, you know, 15, six six, the other one, you know, fifteen six nine or something. You know, what I mean, they're they're I'm, I'm very symmetrical as far as that goes. So it was I'm, I'm no
0: highly t- symmetrical.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, but so it um, it was definitely how much more swollen it was, I don't know, um, but it it, it, it said it had come down. So now today, what are we? Wednesday, three, four days out of this thing like I, I popped the blisters and drained them, popped a couple of the other ones uh, a second time and like I, I'm walking and I feel mostly normal where uh, I don't think I need to go to the doctor, which is good, but I do you know I still am gonna give it several more days of recovery to so where I feel, Nothing, no pain, no soreness. And then a few more days before I even think about working out and doing something else. So, this But I'm moving around all on my own and better. But it, it, it took a, a solid two days for the swelling to go down. And that's when I called it. So I, if I'd gone on, who knows what would have happened.
0: So, right.
1: I'm glad that I did not.
0: Right. Well, Ryan was adamant that he will go back. Sooner than, you know, as soon as he can, I think, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that's not your plan, given the family life.
1: Nope. Nope. I'm good. It's not that not you're done. Great. Right, it's not off the list forever. And you and I have had a lot of conversations about what it was, what it was it's in And this is shows long enough. We don't need to go too crazy into it could have been three or four things it could have been mile two where i tripped and fell i strained it strained it a little bit but just felt okay because i was worrying about other things and it just you know could have been that it could have been and i went back and looked at all of my really poor finishes and races where wheels came off and it's always been hotter than anticipated and again this was 30 degrees hotter than i was anticipating it being which then goes to well i, sh- I could have drank more water or electrolytes or i could have and that goes back to if I trained more, I could have trained through every single contingency. There's you could circle we circle back and forth on this thing a number of times. I I, I feel like my I probably had I had the not had the knee issue. I'd pushed through the blisters. I was I felt fine walking. I, I probably would have got at least into the seventies, eighties maybe, and then maybe I would have had another issue. I, I don't know, but I say that where. It's not off the table, but I'm not willing to give up any more time with my family and kids at this point, especially looking out into, like, next year. You know, my youngest is going to be ambulatory. She's going to be moving around. Emma and Connor are going to want to play. I'm going to have more family duties next year. And until Annie is at least Emma's age, so let's say two to three years from now, I'm not going to be wanting to or willing to take the time away, any additional time to train more. And while what I, I know what I can now do with the amount of training that I did. finished a 50 K, I finished 50 miles and I could have pushed through four miles to finish a hundred K, but I also don't want to be the guy that just finishes these. things. I want to finish and feel good at the end. I, if I was on the same trajectory of how poorly I was feeling with my with knee and whatever else, I don't want to finish a hundred and then be hobbled for two weeks. That's two weeks of time lost with my kids and family, and I'm not willing to do that. So until I can put the time in to train more or train better, smarter, however you want to say that, and execute a little bit better of a race plan, let's be honest, being lighter wouldn't hurt. It's not on the table. It's not off the table forever. It is just not on the table as a, I guess, I, I, I don't want to say I found my physical limit. I found what my current physical limit is. I wasn't able to do it. I can train a little better, do things a little differently, but I found the edge of my desire. I don't have any desire to train more for it. And I don't want to go out there and risk myself or make the aid station volunteer stay there any longer. than I have to. Or have you drive across the country to not be able to run, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not going to try to do this or any less training and go back out and do it. So I know I can dedicate the time to do it better in whatever manner that is, it's not, it's not happen, And it's not a desire of mine to go do that. I'm not so, itching to run out and sign up for one next month. I'm not looking to sign up for another one next year and train different. It's off the agenda for some time. How far that is, I don't know.
0: So if I wouldn't have been able to go at 50, would you have kept going on your own? Yes. Okay. If
1: you weren't there. Um. I would have continued and there was nothing you could have put it at the way my knee felt. There's nothing at the, that would, could have been at the top of that two-mile climb that would have made me want to do it. All right.
0: Um, so what? a few things there. One, I think it brings up... Uh, I just want to... I mean, we got to wrap this up. This is long, but... Sorry. The It, it cured me of the desire to do a 100-mile race at all. Like, it really wasn't in my mind, but this cured me of it. Like, I have zero desire to do it. But yeah. it did it did enhance my want of doing more things that are adventurous and like I could do a hundred miles over the course of, I don't know, three or four days or a week. That sounds much more appealing. I get it. It's tougher because there's no aid stations and you know, such, but I think if you go shorter distances, you could plan differently. So different types of hikes and runs definitely are on my agenda. And then the other thing, and I'm going to unpack this later, but just something to, to think about, like, I feel like we've kind of ended up in this world where it's got to be bigger. It's got to be gnarlier. It's got to be just tougher. And that's like, yeah. that's the only way you have bigger goals or tougher goals. And that's just not yeah. true. Like you can have really nice, pleasant adventures, be goals. And, yeah. you know, I think that it you, you now have the opportunity to say, you know, I, I want to do that. And then the last piece of it is I really believe more than ever now, if you're young, it's different. But at you know, as you get into your forties and fifties, I really think that cumulative miles are are very, very important in adventures yeah. like this, right? Yeah. So I think that if you're with if you've got in mind, and I don't know, let's just pick an arbitrary time frame. In five years, I want to attempt this again. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot over those five years that doesn't necessarily take a lot of time away from the family to build up and have those cumulative miles under your belt to do so uh, and just be in great shape to then do a training cycle. So I don't know, a lot of lessons learned. I also learned that I want to potentially do some more pacing and crewing at these types of races, although I have to – really think about which ones and 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 who um i think it's easier with somebody you really know and you're not going to walk out of there hating each other because i think it'd be super easy to really just get on somebody's nerves more yeah. so than normal but we kind of i mean we we talk so much we know each other well enough that we yeah. know every each other's quirks and and things so it's really cool and you should be proud of it. I'm proud of what you accomplished. Um, it was great overall. And I don't know, can't wait to, to figure out whatever's next for, for everybody. Right. Grand all right, man, anything else before we wrap it up? Nothing else for me. All right. Don't do don't do what
1: I did. Try, try to be better. Be better tomorrow.
0: <laughs> or, today. Um, or today. All right, let's wrap it up then. You've been listening to a very long uh, race recap episode, number 168 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is You Got Me Wrong uh, by Safar. You can reach out anytime you'd like. Always happy to discuss things, hear ideas, hear what you're doing. It's been a lot of fun. Other than that, everyone get out there and be better today. Not hiding I was unsure and now